Blaine Camino. Welcome back to my Camino audio journal. Um, well, today did not go as planned. <laughs> um, started out this morning from Astorga and was planning to go 25 kilometers to Fonsabidon. Um However, I did not make it. Um, I'm currently uh, in... Uh, ta- oh, shoot, I can't even remember the name of the town I'm in. Um, Rabadal, I think. Um, which is about five kilometers from Fonsebedon and about two kilometers from this town. Now, it, it was sort of lightly raining when I left Astorga this morning. Um, and it was kind of lightly raining off and on um, all all morning long. And about two kilometers from this town, uh, just the heavens opened up. It was um, crazy amounts of rain, way worse than the rain that um, I experienced at the beginning of the Camino. Um, and, uh, you know, I saw a sign that was two kilometers, um, to the next town. Well, at least it's not very far, but it was this sort of weird, um, uphill through the hills and took much longer than expected. And literally within those two kilometers, um, I went from being mostly dry to being pretty much entirely wet, um, everything I was wearing and um, finally got to the town and was thinking about uh, the the five kilometers I had left which would be the steepest five kilometers of the day Um, like I said yesterday the the elevation map for today is kind of was kind of an exponential growth chart and so I'm basically at the base of the mountain and the I waited around for about an hour to see if the weather would let up, uh, and it and it just didn't. And so I ended up just getting a uh, uh, place at a um, an albergue here instead of trying to go up the mountain. So um, only went twenty k today, which was nice. I don't even feel sore from that. <laughs> um, Man, twenty k is not so bad. And used to used to feel a little bad, but now it felt like I I didn't hardly do anything. Um. So, but what that means for tomorrow is that instead of a twenty seven k day, uh, I now have a thirty two k day, which is a bit of a bummer. And I thought my days of more than thirty kilometers in a day were behind me. But Mother Nature had some different ideas. Um, So basically tomorrow I'm going to start on one side of the mountain and I'm going to end on the other side. Start at the bottom and end at the bottom, but on the opposite side. So 32K. uh, And it also means I'm I'm a little bummed out because I was kind of hoping to be just a couple kilometers from the Cruz de Ferro because I wanted to get up early and go... uh, like right right around sunrise and be there which I don't think is a realistic goal now um I would just have to get up a little earlier than I would like to make that actually happen so I'll still um start off pretty early which is why I'm recording this at night because um 
32k is a lot to walk. Um, so I'll get there fairly early in the morning, but being there at sunrise is just not not realistic. Um, 7k in the morning would mean leaving here around 5 a.m. and um, yeah, that just doesn't sound like a great morning to me going up the mountain. So. Um, so a little bummed out but by that, but uh, it's not a big deal. Um, I was kind of happy to get to spend the evening in uh, some warm <laughs> lodging instead of uh, outside in the rain. And it just like it just stopped a little bit ago, so it rained for uh, a good twelve hours or more today. Um, yeah, and most in the, like, from noon to, like, four or five, it was just pouring. It um, was crazy amounts of rain. So um, so I think I made a good call. Uh, could I have pushed on? Maybe, probably, but um, it was just a little more than I wanted to take on th- uh, this afternoon. Just, like, with how, how sort of soaked I instantly became... Um, over just a couple of kilometers, I thought trying to climb up the mountain in that was was not the best idea. So it means a little bit of a bigger day tomorrow, but um, eh, that's all right. Thirty two, I can I can do thirty two. Done it a bunch of times so far. So that's the plan. Um, I'll end in a town called Ponferradon. Um, and I already have a place reserved there, which is uh, so I'm going. That's why I'm going to go ahead and do a 32k and get there, as opposed to kind of adjust a bunch of my plans um, for the next few days. So I'll just do a big day tomorrow and get back on track. Hey, Curtis. Hope I didn't jinx you by asking you about rain, seeing all the rain you're in today. But I had a question. <clears throat> How is the different levels of the albergues, say, from the privates to the municipals to the donation ones? So, see you later. Bye. Love you. Buen camino. <laughs> well, Dad, yeah, you did. You done jinx me. No, I'm just kidding. Um... To answer your question about the albergues, um, uh, it's pretty wide spectrum. Uh, the donativos are the lowest, and they um, can be... Um, I've seen some that are just like <laughs> uh, workout mats on the floor, and that's your, uh, that's your <laughs> um, accommodation um but uh not that i've stayed in but i've seen uh, and heard of other people talk about that um but uh, oftentimes with the donatios you get a little more like um personal touch because it's usually run by volunteers that care um about you and about the camino and then the municipal uh albergues um are pretty much all the same they're the big like dormitory style albergues um they're, you know, a bunch of bunk beds in a room and, um, you know, they tip. So a, a donativo, you'd, you'd probably expect to pay like three to five euros for a municipal. You're paying like um, five to ten euros. 
And then the private albergues um, are are pretty varied. So you can have in the private albergues, and the, uh, private just means that it's run by an individual, whereas the municipal is run by um, the the state subsidizes it, and then the donativos or parroquial um, are usually run by like a ministry or, or a church. And so the private albergues, some of them are dormitory style, um, you know, 8 to 12 euros. Uh, a lot of them have the ability to have a private room or maybe like three or four people in a room, so a smaller room. And those, if you're looking at a smaller room, it's like 20 euros. And then if you're in a private room, you're talking like 30 euros. Um, and some of those are like basically a hotel, um, private bathroom, private bedroom, kind of a restaurant connected to the building. Uh, some of them are more like just somebody's house. Um, so for instance, um, where I stayed at, uh, two nights ago, uh, Beatrice's, uh, it was just a house and, um, she had like four bunk beds in one of the larger rooms and that was it. And then, or she did have one private room as well that she could order that you could, um, reserve if you wanted a private room. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of the breakdown. Beyond that, there's hostels, which are, you know, just cheap hotels. Um, and then there are hotels as well. And then there are actually things called Casa Rules, Rurals, um, which I've, I've never stayed in one. Uh, people have recommended them. I think they're a little bit more like um, an Airbnb or um, like where you're staying in somebody's house. Um, but I haven't actually stayed in one of those or looked into it very much, so I'm, I'm not super familiar. Hey, Curtis, this is Rachel, and that's really cool that Elizabeth can come and join for the last couple days. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, yeah, we've been listening every day during getting ready, getting our breakfast and our coffee, and I was wondering if there's been any any place or anything you've learned about the history of a particular place or where you've walked through that was surprising to you or just interesting and that you didn't know before and if you'd mind sharing that if so anyway have a good day hope it's not raining so much as you go up into the mountains Hey Rachel, great question. Um, I actually have an interesting fact about the area that I'm in right now. Uh, and uh, P.S. I was just looking at the town I'm in is called Rabanal. Um, but um, <clears throat> so in this area, uh, it's actually home to a group of people called the Maragato. And they are famous for a couple of things. One, they, um, they have red hair. Uh, as opposed to sort of the typical Spanish dark hair. Um, and they're thought to be sort of the um, last surviving descendants uh, of the Moors in this part of Spain. Uh, and I guess they have a couple of interesting traditions. One is that uh, at a meal, they serve like the meat and potato scores first and then the salad second. Um, but a more interesting fact is they have this tradition of when they leave their house, to leave the key in their front door. Um, 
hanging out. And it's, uh, it's a way of saying to their neighbors, um, basically, what I have belongs to you. And if you need anything while I'm gone, you're welcome to get what you need, um, which I thought was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, that's just happened to be the area I'm in right now. So um, I can't think of another one right off the top of my head. I'm sure there are others, but um, that one is just on my mind recently. So, yeah, great question. There's one more thing I want to talk about today, and that's um, tomorrow I'm going to the cruise to Farrell, and uh, bear with me on this one, a uh, couple of reasons. One, uh, this signal and Wi-Fi I have is not super great, so I hope the recording actually works, uh, and two, this isn't the easiest to get through. Um, Tomorrow's cruise to Pharaoh. So I mentioned before that um, I've been carrying around uh, a small stone with me uh, that I'm going to leave there, uh, and I'm I'm going to be um, discreet in how I talk. Um, but um, when people have asked me uh, why am I on the Camino. Why, why am I here? Why am I doing this? The response I've been giving them is um, it's just something I've always wanted to do and and this year I didn't have any good reasons not to which is entirely true but it's not the entire truth. Um, this, uh, this year has been really really difficult for me. Um, probably Probably one of the hardest in my life, actually, um, yeah. So I, um, through a, through a lot of different things, sort of realized that um, I I had become a pretty closed off person, um, and um, hadn't been taking care of myself, which. Um, in turn has put a strain on um, other relationships uh, and um, I went through a, a period of a couple of months um, last last fall where I um, um, was, was really concerned about myself, quite honestly. I, um, um, just, just had these days where it felt like every, every sort of negative emotion in my body was, was cranked up to 11 and, um, I didn't, didn't know how to function some days, um, I don't know if that's you call that anxiety or depression or or what, but it um, was pretty hard, pretty tough, and um, sort of right around when this all kicked off, um, 
I found this stone. Um, and it, I found it right before a particularly hard um, week. I'll just put it that way. And so it took on a lot more significance for me than I expected it to. Um, sort of my recovery process from all that has been to sort of uh, establish myself as a human again. Um, I had become a little bit of, a bit of a recluse. Um, I didn't maintain a lot of my friendships, most of my friendships. Um, I, w I wasn't eating well or taking care of myself. Um, and yeah. So I decided to change that and, you know, even simple things like going to the doctor or the dentist, something I hadn't done in like 10 years, <laughs> um, to take care of myself. Um, and part of that was, was knowing one of the things that brings me the most life and the most joy is, is traveling and seeing the world. And so that was extra motivation to, to do the Camino. Um, it's also partially why I'm doing it on my own because it's, um, it's, it's uh, just me sort of reestablishing myself, I guess, as a human being. So I have this stone, uh, and I thought I could get through this, <laughs> and tomorrow I'm going to carry it up the mountain. I've been carrying this rock with me for almost nine months, eight months, uh, and I'm going to leave it there. And I know it's not, it's not uh, some sort of magic button. And I'm not naive enough to think that if I leave this rock up on a mountain in Spain, then all my problems are going to go away. Um, but I do believe um, something that a friend of mine recently said to me, which is that... Uh, Liturgy is biological. And the physical act of doing something like that is healing and empowering. And so um, I'm both really looking forward to tomorrow and um, it also scares me a little bit. But it's part of why I'm here. Um, a big part of why I'm here. Um, and I'm looking forward to moving forward. <sighs> I hope, uh, I hope I didn't depress you too much with this. Thank you for listening. 
Um, I know this episode's a bit longer than some of the others. Um, and I hope, um, I hope that if, if you're um, struggling, you're thinking about ways that you can reestablish yourself as a human. Thank you, Mina. Thank you.